The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Hey guys, Jim here with Out of the Shadows Podcast, coming at you with this week's sponsor. Have a package you're looking to ship but don't want to send USPS because you actually want it to arrive sometime in the next three months? Don't want to pay FedEx or UPS rates? Well, next time, take a look at Orlock Shipping International, the premier world shipping company. They've got planes, they've got ships, they've got trucks, all to make sure that your package arrives on time. They've even got driverless, horse-drawn wagons to reach the most remote of areas. They'll take your package from the quaint countryside of Romania all the way to the bustling streets of London for no more than what the leading shipping companies are going to charge you. Again, that's Orlock Shipping International. And right now they've got a deal going on where if you tell them that we sent you, use promo code SHADOWS213. They're going to enter you for a four-night stay for two at a historic Transylvanian estate. And now, on with the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Shadows. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Jim Clark. Hey, hey, hey. We're back, coming out of the shadows, into the light, with no sound. Let's do do this one with no sound. All right, uh, title cards. Title cards. Yes, we're continuing our 20s films, our 1920s silent horror films. Uh, Last week, we did The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. And I was, like I said in that episode, I was pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed, you know, because I wasn't sure going into this. Like, is it going to be one of these things that you know how, like, after a certain amount of time, you just kind of, you, it's, it's, it's hard to appreciate certain types of art, you know, in the way it was initially presented. And I think I said it on the show that when I tried watching it the first few times, I kept falling asleep and I was like, I got to watch this. You know what I mean? And it wasn't to say that it was it was boring. It was just that I was watching it late at night and it's a silent film like there's music playing, but that's it. There's no like interaction, you know. And so, you know, I got tired. Uh, I did with this one as well. So, you know, the new movie we're watching in this week, the first time I tried to watch it through again. I waited till late at night, which I like watching movies late at night, especially horror movies. But the silent ones are the ones that are killing me, dude. They're, oh, yeah. They're dude, putting so me quiet. to sleep. So quiet. Yeah. <laughs> they're very like um, it's like when you put on like white noise or something or like an ambient sound when you go to go to bed. at night. Yes. It's like it's like that. But for your eyes, you know? Yes. Um, yes. And the music, but, I mean, it's nice orchestral music. So it's just kind of like relaxing. And there's nothing that's intense with the music at all. And, and, and so you're just kind of like lulling to sleep and after a while i was like okay i just gotta i gotta wait till the morning and watch this when i'm wide awake and can pay attention yeah no i hear you and, and like i said dude i agree um with caligari it was um how do i want to put it i don't, I don't want to say it was better than i thought it was going to be but it was um it was a lot better put together than i thought it was going to be yeah um, overall as a whole yeah uh, yeah because i mean sometimes you know with old films like that it's kind of like hit or miss Granted, I know we're taking these films and I know that these are the um, some of the greatest films ever made. 
um, and influenced basically just about everything that came after it. Oh yeah. So they're obviously going to be very good and, and high quality and, and put together, but sometimes when I watch old films, it's kind of like, eh, sometimes they're very boring. Yeah. It doesn't long. catch your interest. Yeah. 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 And it just doesn't, it doesn't, well, either doesn't get your interest or doesn't hold your interest. You know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This one. Uh, so again, we're, we're watching the 1920s horror films, the ones that kind of influenced the initial kickoff to this podcast. This podcast was a kickoff to checking out a documentary uh, in search of darkness, which covers 80s horror. And we're covering each of the movies featured in that with breaks in between. So for the 1920s, we covered Dr. Caligari. And now we're checking out 1922's Nosferatu. Just shy of making it a hundred years. This is ninety-nine years ago. This film. Yes, unreal. Dude. Think about that. A hundred years ago for film. Like I it's, know. It's, it, it's been a very, very, very short uh, chunk of time, and it's come so far. And the quality, right? Like yes. what they could do with our technology and really, you know, enhance the quality of these films. So the last episode we talked about Caligari and I told you I watched it on YouTube. You watched yes. it on Shudder. So when yes. I watched it on Shudder, man, I wish I had watched it on Shudder. Did you see how it looks on YouTube? It's a very no, bad no. quality. It's not it really? HD. It's not. No, it's no, a very I believe bad it. quality. Yeah, I believe it. So watching it, uh, as I watched it again on Shutter, I was like, wow, like the experience of the, just the visuals is so much better. Like it's so much richer. And, and I really enjoyed seeing it a second time through uh, through Shutter. So watching Nosferatu again, I appreciate the fact that we are at a, we are at a point in technology where we can take film that old. Right. And make it look as good as it does. See, and this is interesting because these guys were experimenting. Yeah. Bottom of the bo bottom line, experimenting nowadays. Okay. You get new technology. It's like the same thing as what you were working with. It's just got some new features and maybe a little bit better definition or uh, right. um, fine tuning. You know what I mean? Back then they had their basics and they were learning as they went. Yeah. And, and to, to be able to put out something to this magnitude and of this quality all around and not just in horror, but in anything that was being made in this type of medium is just to, to me, that's just fascinating. And it's, it's, really an art form you know um, what you know what so to speak to the art form piece of it you know what really intrigues me um and that i've noticed out of the two we've watched so far now again i haven't really watched many old you know silent films you know and the last time i saw them were it was so long ago i'm basing it on what i remember but what i remember when it comes to silent films was an entire film in black and white or mm -hmm. sepia tone yeah I wasn't, I'm not used to what we've seen now in two films where we go with this really rich kind of like, um, like warm sepia tone to mm -hmm. really kind of the blues, you know, that, that really kind of washed out, blue, yep. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then, and into somewhat black and white and then like, and then the pink and the rose. Yes. Which, you uh, know, like, to, uh, like, like romance scenes or the rising and setting of the sun. Yes. The setting and rising um, of the sun, dude. Exactly. And so, and you know what I noticed? in this movie was there's this scene where he's coming into the inn mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, um, it's blue. Yeah. And she opens the door. Yeah. 
and it lights up because she yeah. brought in the candle and she turned the light on. So I, I, I looked into how they did this because I wasn't sure if they just used um, like maybe a different composition of the makeup of the film, mm-hmm. like whether they were using like, um, I, I don't know the chemical makeup of film, but for example, if they were using um, like phosphorus versus um, nitrate versus something else like chemical wise. But what they did was they actually dyed the film. They would take it and put it in a, in a color bath and dye really? the film. And that scene where they did that uh, in the end, I read was um, they didn't cut. They didn't cut it. So I'm thinking what they did was they dipped like half of the film strip in the color and then pulled it out and then did the other half or however it did, they, they did it. They didn't like make a cut with two different colored Interesting. strips of film. Yeah, it's crazy. Dude, it is. It's crazy. Like you said, they were innovating. They were doing things and trying you know, trying things, you know, and, and it's interesting to think of like how that went about. Like, is there, t- do we have test footage anywhere where like that was the test? Do you know yeah. what I mean? They're like, we're going to yeah. test it with this film, this strip. And because, you know, they wouldn't be just kind of testing things on the fly in a film. On the that's final being product. Paid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Being paid for. But still, the idea that these guys were just kind of, you know, uh, you know, they were setting the stage. They were pioneers for what they were doing. Um, and then to speak to the horror aspect. Right. Like like, yeah. again, with Caligari, there was a lot of things in there where you could see how that influenced horror making film, uh, you know, after that. You know, and and when it comes to style or or techniques or you know things like that, this one completely different style film, completely different. Like the first one had that German, what was it? The the, the German, German um, expressionist expressionist this that style. This one, not at all. This is a no, straight this is on. More of a this is a realistic a film. type of yeah yeah yeah. So Nosferatu, nineteen twenty two. Yep. What did you think, dude? I liked it. I enjoyed it. I've never seen this before. Um, and like you've said, uh you know, I, I've seen the little images or like little clips. Um, yeah. The, the infamous, uh, most famous one that I probably know of is, uh, the SpongeBob episode with the <laughs> slasher. Yeah. Um, so I've never seen this and going into it, knowing what, having a general idea of what it is, knowing that it was based off of, uh, Dracula, um, yeah. Bram Stoker. Um, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It was like, again, like I said, obviously it's top of the line for this time period well put together um some of the technological innovations that they were doing just with film in general like again going back to the color going to the um the double exposure like with uh, nosferatu where he's kind of like see-through and you can see through him yeah yeah um just things like that really i i love seeing those things in film okay for me <laughs> okay. here we go for Uh-oh. me i loved I loved a lot of the things you were saying, a lot of what we see in it, right? Like a lot of, uh, of, of the effects they did, some of the things that they pioneered, things that they tried. Um, imagery, the way it looks is awesome. You know, there's a lot, you know, a lot of iconic imagery when it comes to Nosferatu. Uh, you know, the scene with the coffin at the, in, in the underneath the ship, oh, and then the all ship. of a sudden yep. he just kind of comes sitting up. You know, you see that. In, you'll, you'll watch a movie. I watch horror movies where in the background they're watching the old black and white films, and a lot of times it's that, right? Like it's Nosferatu yeah. sitting up, or, um, or it's Nosferatu's, the, the, uh, the image of his the shadow. shadow on the wall and gripping yep. her heart. You know what I mean? Like that whole... Mm-hmm all those things loved looks great. Um, the way these characters looked great. 
I was kind of underwhelmed with like, cause I finished it going, man, I didn't like, I didn't walk away from that feeling the same way as I did with Caligari. Like with Caligari, I, I just remember just being like, wow, like that was really cool. I'm like, I can't believe I haven't seen that before. Like how good this was. Whereas with Nosferatu, maybe I went in with too high expectations cause I came out going like, so that's that's Nosferatu. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? I'm wondering if that goes back to the expressionist aspect of Caligari for you. Right. Because it was more artistic. You had more more uh, uh, time and care put into the, the making of this product, whereas Nosferatu, it's like, okay, well, we're going to film here. We're going to get everything set up, film it, and that's done. They didn't have to I'll- paint yeah, with all Nosferatu, there was a lot of moments throughout the film. So there was a lot of times where I thought we could have done without this, right? Like there was a lot okay. of longer shots and a lot of like we could have done. They could have cut those things out and made it slump somewhat shorter. Um, so there were those pieces. But then there was also pieces where I was like, I don't like I was trying to figure out what was happening here and, and I couldn't get it from the visuals. And obviously the title cards weren't enough, right? Because this one had okay. title cards that it felt like they were very ambiguous sometimes where you were had to kind of just kind of go with what you were seeing and fill it in. And I think we said this the last time, a big piece of this kind of, you know, the art of silent film is being able to have each person who watches it basically have their own experience and what really happened because they're, they're going by just what they see. They're not being told. Right. Um, and so that's, that's what's happening here. So like, so things like this, the very beginning, when we we see Hutter and and uh, Ellen or Eileen Ellen right, Ellen. um, she's playing with the cat outdoors and he brings her flowers and all of a sudden she's sad about the flowers. Yeah, uh, like there was a lot of stuff going on with her. Like was she suffering from depression or something through this whole know. thing? Did, did did it seem like that to you? Like she was like this kind of melancholy character. I felt like she just had this over attachment complex to him um, and just didn't want to be separated from him. I mean, she, she don't get me wrong. It's really good to love somebody and, and really give yourself to them. But I feel like she was just maybe a little bit over the top uh, <laughs> attached to this guy. And I, just and I feel like bit. it was just um, her infatuation and not about wanting to be away from him and um, just nonsensical worrying for no reason, just because you're just for the simple fact that you're just separated, nothing else. You have no other indication of anything, you yeah. know, that he's in harm or anything, but just yeah. you're not there and he's not by your side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, There's no, just, there was, yeah, there, there was a few things throughout that these things kind of happen. I'm like, ah, that doesn't make sense. What is this supposed to mean? Um, but overall, like the story, like you said, it's got, it, it follows a lot of the storyline and theme of Bram Stoker's Dracula in this updated version, this kind of retelling of this character. Um, the other thing though, I don't know, man, there was, I don't know why I did. There was something about it where I was just like, that's, I guess also the, the way it ended, I just felt like that's it. Like, I felt like there should have been more to no. This is Nosferatu, man. This is the title that <laughs> people talk about reference. It's, it's used in pop culture, this iconic imagery. I just, I think I went in with too much expectation, dude. Cause I, okay. I, not, I did not like it. It's not that I didn't, I enjoyed it. I really did. And I enjoyed everything about it. I just felt underwhelmed. Do you know what I mean? I can, I can believe that I get, I get underwhelmed a lot when I go and see films, especially, like I said, I'm not watching trailers anymore. And yeah, it's you're a perfect example why it's because I like, oh, this is gonna be fucking awesome. And then you go in and it's like, no, nah, dude, this was like very lackluster. Yeah. So I can, I totally get that. I get that. And I'm kind of interested if you were to watch 
more silent films and more films of this era and even yeah. just before this era and then revisit this film. How, how I see to it. see how you would feel. Yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't like it was disjointed or anything, dude, you could follow the narrative. You could follow everything yeah, yeah, that yeah. was happening, you know, um, whether or not we understand a lot of it is different. You know, again, we're talking 99 years ago, right? Like, yeah. so culture references, and you're talking about a different country too. Cause again, this is another German film. Yep. So there's a lot of things that in trans may get lost in translation. Um, but you know what I do enjoy doing is watching these films and in terms of the horror aspect is seeing what they considered horror and terror and scary, and yeah. scary right? Like like he's writing a her, the, like he's reading that book late at night in that room, right? Oh, and it's yeah, telling yeah, him yeah. all about Nosferatu. It's really dark and it is creepy, dude. It's actually a good thing. And then he's writing her a letter talking about how he woke up with mosquito bites and he says something about, I forgot what it was now. It says something about being alone or sitting somewhere. And he says, but don't be frightened by this. And I thought to myself, why would that frighten anyone? Oh, it's because he's having the weird dreams. Oh, that's what it was. The dreams and he's this. like, don't be frightened that I'm having these weird dreams. And it's like, why would that scare her? You know what I mean? But Again, like, because she's overly attached and freaks out at fucking it anything. You know what I mean? It must be. Yeah. He, it mu I'm telling you, I think there was something going on with her in terms of some sort of mental illness. You know what I mean? Or... Maybe she was just, um, maybe she's like omniscious or something. And she like, had something going on because she knew it? when he was coming. Well, Remember? he, you know, don't forget Nosferatu also, it, it seemed like he had some sort of like supernatural outreach power because oh, yeah. he kind of like put knock up in the loony bin too. Yep. Um, so maybe he was having that same sort of effect on her, or maybe like they're on some sort of same wavelength, you know what I mean? And she just can yeah. feel it. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Knock, dude. <laughs> the character of Knock, bro. Who did like the 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 makeup for this guy? The 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 eyebrows. I don't know, dude. Hair. This dude was whack. And he was awesome looking though. I thought to myself, this is a great looking caricature. But can I ask you something? I how I how come we don't have those those high desks and super high stools that people <laughs> sit on anymore. This is a second because movie they're not, in a row. Er, ergonomical. They're not ergonomical, dude. Could you imagine <laughs> doing your job having to sit at a desk like that? All Hunched day? over, dude, with yeah. a little little inkwell pen and, and, and a little <laughs> candle for light, bro. But like that's the second movie in a row where that was the gimmick. Like, remember the yeah. in the first one, the guy that was doing the. Uh, the for the fair whatever you know to get the uh, the, the county clerk or whatever yeah yeah but this one too so knock sitting up in the and I, when the second i saw that i was like dude this needs to make a comeback dude we need to get those <laughs> giant stools that you sit on you know at work where people have to come in and literally when they're standing or they're looking up at you you know what i mean <laughs> feel superior um, I no, don't know. But, I think I'll stick with my desk. <laughs> no, but knock dude. Yeah, I thought he was a good character. The guy who played this guy, man, those facial expressions. I mean, it was, it reminded me of Jim Carrey. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Especially at the beginning when he's first telling Hutter about, Hey, you're going to go do this and that, and you're going to offer him this house. There's this like maniacal look he's got on his face. Like he's laughing as it starts to yeah. do this closed scene. I was like, what is going on? Is he already going crazy? Um, dude yeah this like yeah. i said it was i enjoyed it there's a lot about this i really really enjoyed and i liked it just felt underwhelmed with i guess with the i don't know i just didn't feel impacted i guess i think i was supposed to go i i felt like i was going to come away going like wow i think you a, expected this one to be better than caligari yeah at yeah, a higher caliber because i did it's so much more uh, um, I did uh, revered than caligari and it surprises me because to me i liked caligari better than this one a lot more 
I got to be honest. I really did. Yeah. Love the imagery in this. Like I love, again, just the image of him, the way he walks in those Feratu with his like stiff arms, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just kind of just slowly walks in and it's just creepy looking dude. You know, I got to say though, he was, um, he was a lot more goofy looking than I remember him being in the short little pieces that I've seen here and there in pop culture. He was goofy as fuck. And I'm like, thank you. What the hell? I'm like, that's not Nosferatu. I'm like, he's got this long pointed nose. He's like, I remember the I don't hunk, remember the big bushy nose. eyebrows. Yeah. I don't remember those being bushy. I don't remember the hair coming out of his ears or whatever. Yeah, I don't remember he that some either, sort dude. of like weird, like sideburn hair shooting out from the side yeah. of his ears. Um, yeah, he was goofy looking. Yeah. It was so uh, creepy as fuck, though. Especially <laughs> when he shows up and he's like, Yeah, all the uh all the servants are asleep. He said, You've been keeping me up. Next day when I'm walking around this castle, and then even like when he was running around and then finally found Nosferatu yeah. or Count Orlock in the uh in his um coffin. Yeah. And there's no servants around. Nothing. Right there, man. That's a red flag. Like, nah, yeah. something's I'm wrong. Fuck out of here, dude. Something's, something's not wrong. right. <laughs> Oh, dude. And then the, how about when they're at the, uh, when he's got the coffins at the bottom of the ship and he starts, the one dude goes down to start smashing them. Oh, and the yeah. Rats just come pouring out. I was like, yep. oh, God, dude, I am not a fan of rats, man. Like, nope. I know there's people who look at rats like, oh, they're cute and they have them as pets and more power to you, but not me, man. They give me the heebie jeebies, dude. And so see him pouring out. I was like, oh, God, revolting. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> rats, the rats don't bother me. Um, pouring out of a coffin dude hell no i'm I'm running out of that room dude i'm going back on on deck i would jump backwards and i'd probably give a little yell but i don't think (laughs) it would bother me because because i wouldn't be expecting it you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. but at the same time once i realize what it is and that it's oh okay it's just a bunch of rats i would expect that to come out of a wooden box filled with dirt yeah completely expecting especially that time period that's okay i'd expect that true now if it was some fucking like giant spider or something like that, um, no, then I'm hightailing it the hell out of here. <laughs> think about the just how terrifying it is, though, because if you think about the guy's predicament, he's in a smaller enclosed space under the deck. You know what I mean? No, that's true. Yeah. And it's not like he could just run freely. And then all of a sudden, this other coffin opens up and this motherfucker just kind of raises out of it. You know what I mean? And he's just like yeah. right there. I'm piecing and out. Think about, you know, the movie was set in 1838, I believe. Yeah. And so think about it. You're on a ship going across the water. And now you find out there's all these rats on ship. Not only are they going to try and eat your food, they're going to contaminate your food. But then, plague. Well, plague and you're going to get sick. But then they're going to start eating you in the middle of the night, man. I've heard stories uh, of people who've lost their ears on ships in the middle of the night. Because uh, they're nibbling rats on them. Rats were just shit. eating them. Yeah. And they had no idea. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh God, I could not. That's just no. And that leads to infection, and yeah, man. No, dude. I don't know how people used to live back then. I don't either, man. I don't don't either. How about though when they did mention the plague? Immediately, I was like, oh hey, I know what that's kind of like. The second they said plague, everybody's covering their face and walking. They're closing all their windows and shit on their houses. Yeah, they're saying like you're not even if you're sick, you're not allowed to take people to the ER because you're just gonna yeah. Don't take them to the doctor. Let them die in your house. That's crazy. And then they had that one dude right going through the village and just putting crucifixes on the doors of the people who died and the people who lived. He'd check in if they're alive. He'd keep going. If they died, he'd put a crucifix. Dude, it was insane. Um, it just felt like, whoa, like, like kind of like, Hey, I can actually relate to this piece right now. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah. It's crazy to even think that crazy to even think that like we would get that kind of, um, uh, uh, mutual. Yeah. Sort of, um, understanding in our time, in our lifetimes, like 99 years ago, you always think that that's something of the past. 
it's always something of the past. But and never, was, never going to happen in my lifetime. And then sure enough, here we all are shut up in our fucking houses. I was thinking Damn. too, as they're shutting those windows and thing, I was thinking like back in those days, it could have just been the regular flu that we deal with, like the regular flu, oh, right? Yeah. To them, that yeah. was like death. So they're like, nope, close those doors, keep everybody indoors. Yep. And they're smart about it. You didn't see one of those people. You didn't see one townsfolk sitting out there in the street going like, you're not going to tell me what to do. <laughs> no, they were scared. They didn't know back then. They're thinking, "Oh shit, God pissed at us. Yeah, yeah. fucking killing us. Who's gonna yeah. die next? Who of my family's gonna die? Am I gonna die and not be able to provide for my family? What's gonna happen to them?" Yep. Nowadays, people don't think like that. People just no. think about themselves. Yeah, that's it. but back then, dude, it was t- totally a different kind of society and culture. Uh, yeah. But again, you know, there's all these different aspects of this film that have, you know. That, that horror aspect, again, like the, the, the fear of the plague, that kind of a thing. The idea that, you know, you know, so they're already familiar with Bram Stoker's work. They understand Dracula. Mm-hmm. So when this yeah. guy thinks he's just getting bitten by mosquitoes, like the viewer is like, oh, hell no, that's not yeah. mosquitoes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wonder, I wonder in silent films, you know, at these little, you know, playhouses where they show them, did they have people talking to the, the screen? They're like, oh, come on. Oh, I don't know. You know, this is not, that's not a mosquito, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, I, I tend or was to like everybody to just that. sitting there in silence, like just watching movies back then. I really don't know, man. I think I, I tend to think that people back then were a little bit more reserved than they are now. You don't think they were um, rowdy, huh? I don't think they were as screaming, rowdy. Screaming whenever they saw screaming when there was like a scary scene. Time. Okay, yes, I can understand that because you're scared, but I don't know about like, oh no, bitch, don't go in there. <laughs> I don't know if they were to that point yet. You know what I mean? Don't um, go up the stairs. Go don't open that coffin, door. asshole. Go home. <laughs> uh, I don't think they were to uh, that point yet in the uh, the horror evolution. Um, yeah, yeah too yeah, funny um dude. how about i know you love i know you love 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 in horror films the harbinger of doom how about the original harbinger of doom in this movie where he's walking uh hotter's walking and a guy comes up yes. to him and he says something like uh um tells him to slow down and that you can't outrun your fate you can't outrun your fate i was like oh okay, okay he's already saying go. you got some shit coming son just pay attention you know, immediately yes, i dude. thought of uh, I, I thought of the guy from uh friday the 13th yes yes exactly. <laughs> right away <laughs> but you see what i'm saying like we get the like these uh, there's so many of these initial films set the tone and set kind of these well, the, yeah, these the, ingredients the that work right yep. yeah yep like the end of this movie where he uh, he dies in the sunlight um that wasn't really a thing in vampire stories, from what I understand. Uh, prior to this, they, you know, they would have, uh, they were sensitive to sunlight, but yeah. before we hadn't really seen any like vampires actually die in direct. Sunlight. Yeah, this one he was like disappears. The next thing you know, yeah. there's just like smoldering ash on the ground. Set the tone for everything that came after it. However, this brings up a point I want to ask you. So vampires cannot be in sunlight. That's why they come out at night, right? Supposedly, yeah. So how does moonlight factor into that? Right, because it's, it's a reflection of the sun, isn't it? Yes. So it bounces off. I wonder. I don't know, man. It's interesting. I don't know. It's Anybody definitely that's interesting. Say, well, it's not direct sunlight. Okay. Well, the light coming from the sun's not technically direct sunlight either. It's a delay of what eight minutes and a refraction, right? Like it goes yeah, through. through the atmosphere. <laughs> a Bram Bram Stoker's like. Fuck you guys, dude. I wasn't a scientist. <laughs> I don't know that shit. <laughs> what do you think about that when they do that to, to vampire lore, right? Like when they take the originally held kind of truths as to, you know, what works and what doesn't, and then they change it and say, oh, not for our movie. 
Do you know what I mean? Like say the sunlight thing. Like, so like you have like the twilight. ones that go up or like, uh, um, yeah, like twilight. Is that, I don't know. The, Does he walk in the sun? Bit. Yeah. He's in the sun and he's fucking sparkling. He sparkles. Oh. Like he's like covered in like glitter or something. I don't oh, know. Oh, is it's that weird, like dude. what happens to his skin when the sun hits? Yeah. It? Yeah. That's why he doesn't come out in the sunlight and they only go to school in a, under the cloud cover. I don't know why I know this much about twilight. So, uh, <laughs> excuse me. No, I actually really like that movie, and I, I want—I actually do want to read that book because I like the setting of it. In, really, in Washington State. I like that setting. But anyway, I don't know. I like it. Um, I like it if it's good and it's done right. Okay. Um, it—it's it, got to, like I said, it's just got to be done right. Like, don't do something completely out of the box. It's just kind of stupid. Um, kind of, kind of take those already existing tropes and play with them a little bit. Yeah. Um. And 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 tweak them like like Twilight. Okay, well, go in the sun and sparkling skin. Okay, that's kind of interesting. It's different, and it plays against that classic rope. Um, Can you imagine again, Nosferatu starting to sparkle, dude, <laughs> when that sun. sun hit him? Oh my god! I think that would have been like what you know. And that's when Hutter walks in and sees that. Could you yeah. imagine? Man, I do love though that they did it. I mean, it, it's what they could do. It's the technology they had, but they had that kind of fading out. Like he just kind of disappears now and he's off. Yeah. Into the yeah, ether. yeah. Like the double exposure or whatever that is. Yeah. He did I that a that. few times. Did that the, when he was uh, first arriving to that house with the coffin mm-hmm. and he just kind of walks through the wall and they yep. show him kind of fade out, which let me bring us back to that real quick. Scenes that could have been taken out that like extended walking scene with him in his coffin. First oh, question. Coffins? Yeah. First question. How come he's not like mind controlling somebody to carry his coffin for him? This dude's literally carrying his coffin across town he'd need to mind from the dock, <laughs> from the dock all the way to this house. <laughs> and then he had to procure a boat to carry that shit across a, a moat. <laughs> and then he had to, he had to bring that giant schooner in himself and dock it. Right? Everybody else, he killed the captain and the other yeah. guy jumped overboard. Yeah, he should have waited until that dude docked that boat first before killing yeah. him. But yeah. uh my my other thing was uh yeah, so that took way too long. That was one of the scenes I thought they could have they could have cut out. When you said the thing about the captain, when the initial sailor saw Nosferatu sit up, right, and he freaks out and he ends up jumping off the ship. Did the captain think that he fell off the ship because it was rough waters? Because all of a sudden then he started tying himself. Yeah, he looked like he was kind down. of annoyed at this guy. Like, ah, this dude's a fucking moron. And he's like, I got to go in the water and save this dude's ass. And he's tying himself up so he could jump over and go get the guy. That's what it looked like to me. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, yeah. is he, is he, first of all, it was either one of these things where he was tying himself so that he made sure he wasn't getting knocked overboard. And then maybe, and then the second time I was like, oh, maybe he's going to go jumping in after that guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but the, um, what else was there? There was some, there was another scene. I wish I can't remember it right now off the top of my head. Overall, like I said, I did enjoy this. It was a, it was an enjoyable film. Um, I saw a lot of the things that you know we see later in horror movies. The things that that the suspense yeah. with shadow, you know, the use of shadows, um, things like that, which which is great. Um, I love, dude. I really did like that gimmick where the, you saw his his hand over her heart, like the the shadow of it. Oh then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he clenches his fist and she reacts. You know what I mean? I was just like, wow, that's actually really cool for for it's that like stage era. acting. You know you what, what I mean? mean? That's like taking it right from the stage and putting it on a film, which is kind of basically what they were doing. Yeah, last I spot. really would love to know how audiences reacted to these kinds of films. You know, I, I can't, can't I can't just see them sitting there all in silence staring. Like I have to I have to know how they reacted. There's gotta be something that's written somewhere. Um I don't know. How about you, that already? I, I thought this was pretty damn funny. Um so 
Count Orlock Nosferatu puts himself in a wooden box and basically FedExes himself <laughs> from Romania all the way to London. This dude yep. literally dropped himself in the mail and shipped himself to fucking London. Yep. In a box. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. That's how he's traveling, bro. That's how he's traveling. Instead of like having his own ship where he just stays under, you know, yeah. below deck the entire time, so he doesn't have to worry about sun. Yeah. He's like, he let, me, let me get in my he box. Needs under, under, under deck to be able to take care of that boat and steer that boat. Yeah. There's, again, this is the 20s. And I guess that's the horrific part of it, right? Like, uh, no normal sane person would do something like that. That it's horrific. Yeah. What'd you think of the werewolf, bro? Um, that was clearly a hyena. Um, <laughs> I th- <laughs> but I, you know what? I don't get where that played into the story. Again, that's probably something I understand. I needed him to stay at the inn that night. Um, so they needed an excuse for that, but he could have just stayed at the inn on his own just because it was getting late. I, right. I, I don't really think they really needed it because it didn't have any other significance in anything else. Did Aside it? from it being horror, right? Like this is horror and this yeah. is a world where werewolves exist. Yeah. You know, but then maybe- again, what, back, what did they classify as a werewolf back then? I don't know. Yeah. Don't forget, you're talking a film that was made in 1922, around 21, released oh, yeah, in 22, yeah. and then was set in 1838. So, what did they consider? And in that part of the world, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, probably not the same thing that we're thinking of. Um, I don't know. I'd like to look it up. It definitely didn't use a real wolf, which was kind no, of funny. No. Uh, but yeah, there, but, there was. But that was kind of cool, dude. That that was one thing I enjoyed seeing was all the animals on film mm-hmm. all the uh the, the venus fly trap that was um, creepy yeah the spider i thought that was all really cool to see that on on film from 100 years ago that and i feel really, like uh, the idea behind that was to make sure we were seeing visually things that were kind of grotesque and and and, and supposed scary. to make yeah, you yeah, feel yeah. kind of you know uneasy uh uneasy um yeah like i said dude again i did enjoy this what did you think of the of the um What's the, 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 I was going to say the soundtrack. What did you think of the score? I liked it, dude. I liked it. I liked it. I just felt like there was a lot of times where it didn't fit what we were seeing on screen. Like there was times where we should have had more kind of tense and like creepy music. And it was, it just continued whatever was, you know, that was playing at the time, which would be not that it was upbeat, but it was it definitely wasn't like any kind of foreboding or any creepiness yeah, yeah. to it. You know what I mean? So that for me, I was like, oh, we could have, we could have changed it up. Um, I did notice though that they did cut music and then had somebody doing a drum roll when that dude was doing that, that guy was had the oh, drums through the going town. through the streets. Yeah. They actually made the, the music match it so that we could hear the drums. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought that was pretty yeah, that sweet. Was pretty good. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I, I even noticed that, that there was a couple spots where the music was a little off. I felt like, um, but the, I forget how the little melody goes where like Nosferatu is retracting and like going out the door or something mm-hmm. or like he's mm-hmm. going away. I love that little like, that dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I yeah. love that dude. And it fits so fucking perfect and it was great and I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and visually great cinematography. I thought was uh, oh, was yeah. awesome in this. It's for that day and age, dude. Some of this because I watch this things going this going like look at these shots, look at what they're doing, you know, to, how they're framing some of these shots and these different angles. Uh, and, and I thought yeah. it was awesome. Loved it. Well, he um, the director, uh, I guess from what I read, he um, uh, F W uh, Murnau, if that's how you pronounce it. I guess he uh, one of his things is using doorways and archways and stuff like that to frame his characters. Yes, I um, so I could tell there was a lot of shots, yeah. 
a lot of framing of the architecture as well to kind of give it very sometimes it was symmetrical looking even you know what i mean yeah. and, and it, but it yeah. looks nice um like that shot uh where he was rushing and the old the, the harbinger comes off you know you see it kind of play out as he's coming from the distance and coming up and the harbinger coming from you know from the right to left and then all of a sudden they meet up here like you like some of these shots and just the layout of it the way it looks with the buildings along one side and the trees like you know that's something i appreciate i love watching looking at things like that in film i like taking like looking at things saying how they do that in the 20s Okay, so we had a ship on the water and it was a long tracking shot going in towards the ship. So I'm thinking to myself, is are they on the water? Right. And they just kind of sped up the film because that's how we get it to go so smooth. Whereas if they were in the water, they were just floating by. It would have been much slower. You know slower. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I noticed a lot of these things. I noticed like there was times that they sped up the film to to kind of the show the speed, when, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, when Count Orlock picked uh, Hutter up, and uh, yes, and yes, was, all of a sudden you see like you he, see like, drives off the road and goes yeah. around. Yeah, and you see the foliage. The foliage and the wind is like normal, and then all of a sudden it's like fluttering real fast yeah. as, as everything gets sped up. You know what I mean? Um, it's great, dude. I don't know. There, like I said, so much of this is is so good, and I'm not going to speak ill of it. I enjoyed it. I like it. I like Caligari better in terms of the overall kind of satisfaction that I got at the end of the story, whereas okay. this one, you know, had a good story, and I, I'm familiar with the story, and I think, I, you know, I think maybe that's it too. I didn't know Caligari. It was something that was new to me to see this story, whereas okay. I know the story of Dracula, so I could see the beats. And I, I, yeah. I was just basically yeah. watching, okay, this is how they're doing their version. Cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there was nothing that. really that kind of was... Uh, was it new to you? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Aside from the packaging. Yes. Um, no. So let me ask you this. Remember last week uh, on Caligari when I was talking about the, um, the German film in the 1920s, um, and the influence um, and the subconscious rise. The political of, uh, stuff, yeah. Yes, with the Nazis. Did you catch that in this at all? I didn't get anything that way at all. Not in this. I did. Did again. you? Okay. I did. What were you I looking did. at? Yeah. And again, I read into it more, and it's there. It's there. Um, just the fear of the other. The theme okay. of the fear of the other. And that's what I picked up on. Count Orlock being different than us, being different than Hutter, being different mm -hmm. than me who I'm seeing myself through as Hutter um, and just fearful of that. Granted, it's a good reason to be fearful of that. Um, however, it is, again, uh, I don't normally pick up on this shit in movies. So I'm actually kind of impressed that I was picking up on these things. Um, but again, as I read more into it, it uh, just the way that Nosferatu is depicted in this movie, um, the long nose balding, um, the long fingers. Oh, the fear of the Jew of Jewish fear of the people. other, the fear of, but Jewish even with the, the fear the of an invasion thing, of an individual and the other coming into Germany. Yes. Wow. Wow. Uh, the director after the fact did they, you know, they did talk to him and he said, no, that had nothing to do with it. Um, and he but was that, actually, um, there's some weird symbolism there though. Well, he was actually, the director was actually gay. Um, and I kind of, picked up on a little bit of of maybe that aspect of him coming into the film with oh the homoerotic thing yeah well well that i mean but that's also just part of dracula but just the way nosferatu was he seemed very feminine to me especially when we first met him um and he calls and, what's his name he calls him his his what does he call him stay here my lovely man or something yes, like that stay yeah, with something yeah. along those lines you know yeah and and so you know that aspect coming into it, uh, this guy being um, homosexual, 
he kind of, I can understand why he would not have put some sort of anti-Semitic message into the movie because he, hmm. he's kind of in the same position as they are. They don't want to be ostracized in society. Do you feel you know like I mean? sometimes that, you know, filmmakers or artists will do something and put it out and it's only until after it's put out and then other, like there, you can look at that piece of art through a different lens because of what was shaped in the world that now people read more into it. Do you know what I mean? Like, like maybe yeah, yeah, he yeah. made this film and it was like none of it at all. And everybody's like, Oh no, this is obviously a statement on, you know, the rise of Hitler and, and Germans reaction to the propaganda. And this dude's Very just well. like, not at all, dude. Trust me. This is just a vampire movie. And they're like, no, trust us. We know what you meant by this. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just based on the, the lens and how they're, you know, interpreting the information. Um, yes. But now, you, but then you're going to get into a whole bunch of, um, then you're getting into psychology yeah. and you're getting into the subconscious and you got to look at um, shit. The guy could have very well done that, not even known it himself. Exactly. Um, just because that's how society was thinking overall as a majority that's just where they were at and what was going on and what was being said. And then things translate and ideas come and you don't know necessarily where they come from. Right. And then look at um, uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yeah. They didn't set out to make a gay horror movie, but they ended up making a gay horror movie. Yeah, big you time. You know what I mean? Big time, yeah and, yeah. and these things that you don't necessarily pick up on, but are bluntly obvious after the fact. Um Right. You know, you're 100% right. I yeah. don't know with this movie. I don't know with this and I don't know what Caligari. However, it's very suspect to me coming now from a standpoint and looking back and knowing what was going on in that part of the world at that time. Yeah. Um, and, and it leaves it open to question. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's open to discussion. It's definitely, yo, for sure. And especially yeah. again, because you can look back and see, like you said, what influences were, were in the environment at the time of yeah. the creation of this piece of art, right? Like that, that bleeds into the ingredients of what makes something uh, anyway. So yeah, I think maybe you are right that, that, you know, regardless of even if the creator is even aware of the message yeah. that's coming through, right? How many creators that when they talk about art, just they're like, I don't know where it comes from, but all of a sudden it's here and I have to create it. You know what I mean? But again, that's the great thing. That's the, that is the point of art. That is the point of art. Is that everybody has their own interpretation of it, and that's yeah. why, that's why when people that's that's why I don't like reading reviews by critics. That's why uh, I don't like reading artist reviews of their own work because it's like just because you say this is what it is doesn't mean that that's what it is for me. What it is right. for you? Oh, yeah. What it is for somebody else? You know what I mean? Oh, I'm a huge fan of the artist that says, "Oh, it's whatever you want it to be," because exactly. I put it out because there. That's for what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. Yes, this is what I did. I wrote. I did this story. However. Whatever you want to read in the subtext and whatever you want to take from it and get from it, that's that's up to you. That's the yep. point of it. It's the point of art. Exactly. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about Nosferatu? Yeah, I do. Did you know this film was actually banned in um, uh, in Sweden uh, oh, for really? being because of uh, they said excessive horror. Well, obviously. And guess what? This <laughs> ban on film. this film in Sweden was not lifted till 1972. Wow, really? Yeah, from what I read, yes. That's interesting. I take everything with a grain of salt, but yes. That's pretty um, cool. That's a cool piece of trivia. I did not know that. And then did you also know that all the originals of this film were burned? I saw something about yeah, the destruction like they didn't have the original film that they had to Yes, piece they basically it said we're going to do Dracula. Different- we're not going to get the rights. We'll just change the names. Um, we'll change the ending and then 
hopefully we won't get sued. <laughs> Turns out they ended up getting sued, and part of the settlement was that they had to b- burn all the originals of the wow. film. Wow, I and didn't know so, that's the reason. So one of the greatest horror movies of all time that almost didn't exist anymore. That's um, amazing. Until they started finding um, second uh, generation copies of the film all over the world. That's amazing, dude. Basically, because they were bootleg copies that people were making because it became such a cult film that people didn't know that these copies of it existed. Dude, this was collectors before it was collectors. This is the man. original original version of the mixtape, dude. There you go. You know what I mean? the, the original bootleg. That's yeah. awesome, dude. That's pretty crazy. I did not know that, man. Um, you know, yeah. th- this this definitely is a film that holds a spot in culture. You know what I mean? Obviously in film history, obviously in horror history. Uh <clears throat> I think it's great. It was a really, really, really good film. You know, looked amazing. Like I said, I was just a little underwhelmed because I think I went in, uh, you know, looking for more than 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 just kind of going in and, and enjoying it. You know, whereas with Caligari, yeah. I didn't have any expectations, so I just watched it and was just like, "Wow, that was amazing." I can understand that. Yeah. Um, now the next two, I know, I know one of the stories. The other one, I don't. I've not okay. seen obviously the next two, but what's the next one we're doing for sure? Is the one you don't know. Phantom ah, carriage, the phantom carriage. Yes. Yes. I'm so this is going to be interesting. Like I said, never seen it. Don't know anything yeah. about the story. So I'm going to go into this completely open-minded without any expectation. I got to find it to see how it works. Are we not finding it anywhere? Probably on YouTube. I don't dude. think it's on shutter. I think it, I, I'm sure it'll be. We'll have to watch it's a so crap, old, dude, crap copy version, version of it, though. Yeah, but you know what? It's the best, man. It's it is kind of until I saw the... getting into the gritty bootlegs and shit. Yes. <laughs> until I saw that gorgeous version of Caligari on Shutter. <laughs> I was like, look what I missed out on, dude, because this was so much nicer to look at, dude. Yeah. Um, all right, dude. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We're deep in. We're halfway through the, the silent film era before yeah. we jump back into 81. So we're doing Phantom Carriage next. Yeah. Uh, before we head out, you got anything to promote? Anything to say? Um, not really. Stay safe. Uh, be good to your neighbor. And uh, don't be an asshole. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to say I got my Purgatory Candle Company candles, dude. Ah, nice, nice, nice. And I only burned one so far, but holy cow, it was awesome. Which one? The sandalwood vanilla, I think it is, something like that. It's called Goodbye, and the whole gimmick oh, is, is like the Ouija? Ouija board. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but because of that one, dude, knowing how good it was, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to burn these next ones. I got the horror chata. Oh, okay. Cinnamon and vanilla, and then I got uh, I got the scream one. Hello, Sydney. Caramel popcorn, <laughs> and it smells like popcorn, bro. Like caramel popcorn. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna wait for their, their restock because the one I wanted was sold out. I really, really, really want to get that that two three seven candle, it dude. I gotta get. Out, yeah, man. I gotta get in on it. I mean, when I you, told, you reminded me too. me too, dude. You were like, dude, don't forget three o'clock. I'm like, yep. And yeah, and oh. I was on there at three o'clock, and they were all sold out. And I was like, I know. Me? So I was trying to get the small one of the two three seven. And as I'm typing in all my information, I put it in, and it says, "Oh, your orders changed <laughs> when your when your item sold out." I said, "Are you kidding me?" <sighs> That's rough, dude. But uh, yeah. I mean, you know, good for them, man. They make some good candles. So yeah. um, the show is not sponsored by them. Hopefully it will be in the future. But no, uh, <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to push it regardless because this is some good candles. You guys are into candles. You guys are into horror. Uh, check out the Purgatory Candle Company. They have an Etsy shop. They have a website. You can only get the candles when they have them. So um, it's it's kind of one of these small batches, hand pour them, and then they have so many. And then when they sell out, they ship them, pack them, send them. And then, and then you got to wait for the next time. round. Yeah. So yeah. So two people that do it. So. 
So we're waiting on the next round, which is kind of a cool thing for them. So uh, anyway, check it out. Um, like Jim said, you know, stay safe out there. Make sure to check out the website, BICBP-radio.com. Some more fun stuff coming from us in the future. But until then, we'll see you next time. Remember, keep your eye on the shadows. <laughs>